we have an eroding, uh, uh, you know, justice system in that we do not have our disputes decided as they were intended back in, you know, the 1790s, 1780s, 1790s, right? We do not have uh, trial by jury uh, nearly as much as we used to. Uh, a lot of cases now are decided by people running out of money uh, or ma making a cost-benefit analysis where they have to settle the case rather than, uh, you know, pay all that money to go roll the dice in a courtroom. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, then we've got the, the rise of arbitration agreements and, and agreements that waive your right to a trial by jury, you know. So today I'm here with my friend Charlie Gearing and y'all like this is one of the smartest guys that I know uh, in DFW um, for real I'm not just saying that you know he's a he's an attorney and a business guy which makes him a double threat um, so hey Charlie thanks for thanks for being on hey buddy thanks for having me and thanks for uh, pumping me way way more than you need to so I'll take it though thank you so. <laughs> Hey, no, for real, man. I, I got a, I have a friend who went to law school and um, anybody who makes it to law school is like pretty smart because he was telling me about the, the, the way they train you to think. And I was like, ah, that's why attorneys have ego problems. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. And they, you know, and they teach us to like look for the worst in things, right? Because that's our job, right? Is to foresee risk, you know? And so it can be kind of depressing that way too. So it's all <laughs> a struggle to to balance that out, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah but you, 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 you manage it well. So, well, thanks, buddy. Well, well, what I want to talk about today is, you know, you, um, uh, you are the president now of the DAYL, the Dallas Association of Young Lawyers, um, yeah. while you're also um, practicing law, um, you know, you are uh, involved in a lot. And so I, I wanted to shed some light on, um, really, you know, what you're doing with DAYL. Because a lot of folks that don't know the Dallas Association of Young Lawyers is or what they, what they do. Um, and so we'll spend a little bit of time there. But before we go there, I want to, you know, talk about like your origin story. Where, you know, where are you from? How'd you get into law? What, what, what you, what you practice? How'd you get a jump shot? You know, cause they don't know you can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if the guys would agree. I've got a jump shot, but you know, I'll take it. You know, at least, at least we'll tell your listeners. I have. Yeah. One. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, it's, 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 it's audio only. So they, we, we won't, pay, we won't have any clips on here. That's right. That's right. Good. Good. Lucky for me. So, <laughs> well, no, man. Uh, well, thanks. I, um, you know, I'm not, not really like an origin story that's anything real exciting. It's funny. I've, I've been uh, watching some of those comic book movies recently, you know, and uh, nothing, nothing like the spider verse or anything like that. But, uh, but uh, no, nah, man, I, I was really born into a really lucky situation. I, I was, uh, uh, my two parents uh, had me here in Dallas. I was born here in Dallas and raised up in Plano, but I guess probably the most colorful thing about my start was, that I was born with a very bad speech impediment, actually. And oh, wow. I was very uh, blessed 
to be born to two psychologist parents. And my granddad uh, was also a psychologist. He lived a mile away. And uh, the three of them knew better that I wasn't, uh, you know, slow or in any way, you know, uh, you know, delayed or anything like that. I just had a speech impediment. And so um, they helped, they helped me through that. And uh, my dad jokes now that, you know, we spent all this money and now you can't shut them up. Right. You know, <laughs> now uh, probably a big reason why I'm a lawyer now. Right. Cause I speak for a living, but I, I had a lot of coaching uh, on how to speak there uh, my first seven, eight years probably. So, um, oh, wow. but, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, I'm a public school guy and what's that? Yeah. I, I, I did not know that. How, how like, what kind of, what did you have to do for um, to train yourself to, to speak uh, properly? Yeah, you know, I remember they, they got me a speech pathologist, man. And I remember going into the sessions and doing all the, the you know, speaking games and exercises. I mean, I was a kid, right? So, uh, and it still kind of bothers me to say my R's, you know, whenever I say Charlie sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, if I'm out on the basketball court and I'm real tired and I'm meeting somebody new, people will think that I'm saying something other than Charlie, like I'm Troy or something. Right. Cause I still, you know, I still am working on that kind of, so uh, that, that's one of the last vestiges, but no, it was just a practice makes perfect, you know? So yeah, yeah you know. No, I got it. Yeah. So then, so then you had that and then uh, where, so you went, where'd you go to uh, college? Yeah, no, I, I was a public school guy coming out of Plano, a great, great public high school up there. And then went to, Went to Duke University out in North Carolina uh, for four years and uh, studied history out there. And that, that's really where I, I caught the bug, uh, you know, for what I, some of what I do now, right? So two weeks into my freshman year at Duke, 9-11 happened, right? And so, uh, you know, the, I dove into kind of Middle Eastern history and policy and American history and foreign policy and spent four years reading up and studying that real, real hard and that inspired me to go to law school. And so, you know, a few years later, I, I went on to Vanderbilt over in Nashville, Tennessee, and graduated there, you know. So uh, tried to stay down south here as much as I could, you know. My, 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 fam, my extended family, a lot of it's from uh, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So I've got a lot of cousins, aunts, uncles out that way. So Okay, okay. Yeah. So, then after law school, you came back. See, I told y'all he was smart, Duke, Vanderbilt. And then you came back, came back to, did you start practicing in Texas, like right after law school? Yeah, it's a great question. No, I, I uh, after I fooled those schools long enough, right, I uh, went and I was a federal clerk. Uh, so I worked for a federal judge for a year uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places. And it was one of the best years of my life. Uh, one of my best friends from law school ended up working right along next to me and, uh, my judge is still like an uncle to me. We text all the time or texting this week about the Memphis Grizzlies is a big Grizzlies fan, you know? And so, uh, we're all, he's always talking trash on me and Duke basketball and, you know, and, um, and now Luka Doncic, you know? So, uh, but no, it's, it, it was a great year, but I, I was basically helping the judge make all of his decisions or write up all of his briefs and orders. I mean, he was making the decisions, right. But, he'd sit there and if he had a tough one, we'd sit there and kind of argue about it for a while or think through it. And boy, that was just an incredible experience for a young lawyer. You know, I think it made me a much better lawyer probably. So I, I, I bet man. And, and as we get, you know, as we get deeper into the conversation, I really realized why I really wanted to have you on. Right. It's subconscious mind works in a crazy way. And you <laughs> tell me what you think about this. We're going to keep going. 
Um, yeah. But I feel like since we're in a, you know, somewhat more civilized society, you know, you know, more than when we would like Game of Thrones type era, you know, we yeah. don't, we don't just like battle and kill people when we have things, things are fought out in the courtroom. Right. And your, your legal team is your new, like, you know, um, you know, warriors because, you know, in a civilized society, you, you fight by the rule of law. And I mean, do you, do you, kind, of, do you kind of, I mean, I know you feel that way, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's exactly right. And I, you know, I've been a litigator for basically my whole almost 10 year legal career now after I got out of uh, being a clerk. And uh, that's, that's kind of what I call it. Yeah. This is our civilized way of doing battle now these days. Right. Uh, we don't do duels anymore. You know, <laughs> we don't resolve <laughs> disputes that way. We go up to a courthouse and file a complaint and then the other side gets to file an answer. And then we, we argue it out basically. And it's decided by evidence and, and logic and reason as much as we can, you know, uh, I won't tell you that, that happens a hundred percent of the time, but that's at least the goal, you know? So. Yeah. And, 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 and so I'm, I'm going on a more, one more tangent. Do you, do you see anything developing, you know, cause when you have that kind of system, right. It can be like a lot of imbalances, basically who has the most money, you know, wins the war, same in war, who has the most money can have the most warriors. And it mm -hmm. kind of is what it is, but do you, do you see anything happening to where it's helping to equalize, you know, the, the system for, for people that are underprivileged? No, you know, that's a great question. I, I think uh, I'm going to sound a lot like a trial lawyer here when I tell you we have an eroding, uh, uh, you know, justice system and that we do not have our disputes decided as they were intended back in, you know, the 1790s, 1780s, 1790s, right? We do not have uh, trial by jury uh, nearly as much as we used to. Uh, a lot of cases now are decided by people running out of money uh, or making a cost-benefit analysis where they have to settle the case rather than, uh, you know, pay all that money to go roll the dice in a courtroom. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, then we've got the, the rise of arbitration agreements and, and agreements that waive your right to a trial by jury, you know. And so increasingly more and more uh, uh, disputes are getting sent to a private, uh, you know, uh, setting where it's not public, it's not a trial by jury, and instead you have an arbitrator or a few arbitrators who are professional uh, judges, essentially, but they're paid. Um, you know, they they make they make the decision in private, kind of right, and it's more expensive, and it's sometimes it's faster, but a lot of times it's slower, and you know, yeah, there's there's some definite issues there. This is very very prominent issues in our industry right now, though. There's a lot of discussion about this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably something the blockchain can uh, figure out eventually. Blockchain yeah, can figure right. anything out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of if-then statements. Um, so, um, so you came back here, you worked at a pretty big prominent firm. I don't, you may or may not want to mention them. But, yeah, um, no, yeah, no. I was grateful to work at Haynes and Boone for three and a half years. They were great. So, and that's where I met you, you know. So, I think uh, that's when we first started playing basketball together and all that a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, do, do you remember my connection there? I'm trying to remember. No. Yeah, so, so, what happened was I was in San Antonio uh, for like, you know, the first four or five years of my career, and I was on the, um, you know, San Antonio Black Chamber board. 
Uh-huh. And so I got to know a lot of the fancy people, you know, in the black community in uh, in San Antonio. And so I met Lamont Jefferson, who, ah. who at the time was y'all's managing partner. So when yep. I moved here, um, when I moved here, I had a couple of clients there. And then I and then I I don't remember how we met, but I knew a couple of people there. But I got into Haynes and Boone, you know, meeting attorneys through that relationship. So that's great. No, I I met Lamont a couple of times. He He's a. Very impressive guy with a very impressive brother. His brother was the chief justice of the Texas Supreme Court for a while. I'm pretty sure Wallace Jefferson. Right, so, right, yeah, yeah. They're they're uh, they're impressive fellas. I was I was uh, privileged to work work alongside uh, Lamont for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. So so how, so now you're the president of Day Day Day. I'm a mess that D A Y L. I've been yeah. calling Dayla for so long, man. I, no, you're good, man. Hey, before it it was funny because literally, like, I'm not even lying. You know, forty minutes before you sent that email, probably twenty minutes before you sent that email, I was going, "Man, what does Dela stand for?" And I was like, and you emailed, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's just D A Y L, right?" Um, <laughs> but what does the Dallas Association of Young Lawyers do, and how did you get so involved, and why? Nah, man, that's another great question. It's funny. I kind of went down the rabbit hole. When I was in Haynes and Boone, there was a senior associate there named Chip Brooker, who's still a good friend of mine, but he he was on the leadership of DAYL and was about to become president. But he asked me, you know, and the firm really encouraged it, getting involved in local bar service. uh, And he asked me to work on the website for DAYL, which launched about three, four years ago after about five, six years of work, honestly. So uh, that was my first entree. But DAYL, man, is a, it's a community for young lawyers. It's a way that um, I know it's the way that my wife and I, my wife's a lawyer, that we do all of our community service work. You know, it's a great outlet for that. But beyond that, you know, uh, we, we, we provide our members with a lot of education and opportunities for skills development. We have Uh, things called continuing legal education. So CLEs we put on and then other kind of boot camps and weekend seminars that we do that help people get courtroom experience. You know, we have a trial skills boot camp and a deal skills boot camp for people that do, uh, you know, uh, uh, do transactions, you know, that uh, we, we try to cater to both our trial lawyers and our transactional lawyers, you know, so it's a great group, man. We've got about 3,000 members in Dallas and uh, been around for almost 100 years now. But uh, in our current form, we've been, we've been around uh, just about 45 years or so. so uh, and, but, but we used to be the Dallas Junior Bar because that's, that's truly what we are. We're the junior division of the Dallas Bar, basically. You know? Okay. And, and, and law is kind of one of those um, truly you know, apprentice uh, professions right? Because a lot of folks worry about technology um, eliminating, you know, jobs. You know, me as a wealth manager, I, I'm not, but I also look at attorneys because it's almost like if you like do law in a silo, you know, without other people and learning from people that have, that have a lot of experience, it's hard to be like the best without learning from other people, right? I mean, is that is that because it's so complex, it's always changing, you know? There is a real thing in legal practice. The best lawyers are the ones that have the best instincts and have the most creativity, I would say, right? Uh, those are two really distinguishing characteristics. And if you don't have those two things, 
you can be brilliant and you can know the law and you can know the rules and know the process, but in the end, a lawyer with instincts and, and creativity is going to probably win the day, you know? So you're, you're right. It is an apprentice thing. Experience matters, you know, being through the wars matters, you know, because you develop those instincts and you can, you, you, it's funny. I still kind of stop myself and say, wait a minute, I've been here before, right? You know, it's kind of like, uh, 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 and, and I sort of zoom back to past cases and I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Right. You know, and you just get better, you know, and that's how, that's how you get better. You know? you, you, and by the way, side note, you have to be one of the nicest litigators. Like you got to go in them dangerous litigators, right? Cause people like, <laughs> you know, estimate you and you get in there and just like murder them. And then you probably, <laughs> well, I try to, I, I always try to tell prospective clients, you know, if you want that bulldog, you know, the guy on the commercial on TV, that's not me. I'm firm but fair, right? You know, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to get in somebody's face just to, just to do it, right? If, if, it, if it needs to happen, then, yeah, then we'll do it. But, uh, but no, that's, that's, not, that's not how I practice law. So, you're, you're, uh, you're like, my approach is just to slit their throat and not let them know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, they, you know, hey, we're all trying to win here, right? So, <laughs> You played enough basketball with me, you know. I'm trying to win, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and and, and I, I'm gonna get back into um, uh, the Young Lawyers Association for a second, but yeah. go back to, to 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 law. What type of law do you litigate? That's a great question. I mean, I, I'm I'm all kinds of disputes, man. If there's a fight going on and it's to the point of uh, needing to have a lawsuit filed or an arbitration filed or some other, you know, pre pre litigation negotiation or mediation. I participate in all of those kinds of processes across industries and across uh, different kinds of problems, basically. So like, uh, just to give you an example right now, I've got a very, very diverse docket of cases. I've got custom home building disputes. I've got a attorney's fees dispute. I've got uh, a trucking accident that, that I'm defending right now. I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff that's, that's uh, on my docket. And um, you know, I uh, used to do some family law. I don't do that as much anymore, but that was the same kind of thing, man. It's a, it's a dispute, right? And in family law, you're just seeking a little bit different kind of relief, but um, the same kind of uh, rules and, and processes apply really, you know, across all kinds of litigation, you know? Hey, and, and this might be random too, but is there some sort of like, um, has there been like a database put together of types of cases with the rulings where you can, create it into an algorithm and say, hey, here's the probability of if we attack it this way, the outcome, and then if we attack it this way, the outcome. I mean, I know you, you, you have a mental algorithm. Those are the instincts. Yeah. Right? They're actual, like, companies putting together data to do that. Well, it's funny. I think um, the, way, uh, the way you pose that question is interesting because I think if the law was that binary, right, where you could kind of have a big decision tree is uh, all the different kinds of cases and then ones that went this way or that way, you know, uh, then you could kind of form that kind of an algorithm. But really what it's more about and what we do have uh, is, you know, uh, we, we, we operate on the basis of precedent, right? And so yeah. most disputes, though, don't have precedent that's 100% on point. Usually, usually that's the case. Sure. Sometimes you get a, a case that's just so close. It's like, well, geez, we've already had this decided and this is how this court decided. So that's why we should, we should decide this one that way. Right. And Philip, that's a lot of my job is looking through that precedent and then advising my clients about 
and the court, you know, if we're, if we're fighting about something, you know, uh, how the precedent was decided and why we ought to or why we ought not to follow that precedent, basically. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, I, I, I think your, your question's a good one. It's just probably a little more complicated than that in that every dispute has 15, you know, or to hundreds of different little decision points like that, that we spend hours researching to figure out, well, what, the, what has the law said about this issue before, right? So that we can evaluate risk, we can advise clients about, you know, you ought to step this way or that way based on this precedent. Basically. That's a lot of the job. You know? Got it. Got it. So, so even even further proof of why it's going to be very difficult to automate attorneys out of, you know, out of. You know what? It, it's funny that that is that has become. Um, you know, that's been a that's been a topic of conversation since I've been in law school, and I I would never tell you that that's never going to happen because I I think computers are getting smarter and smarter, right? I mean, artificial intelligence is a real thing, and I think that's I'm I'm never going to tell you oh that'll never happen, right? But I will say, you know, there was a lot, there was this big trend maybe 20, 25 years ago where a lot of legal work was being outsourced to mm-hmm. basically overseas. And, you know, it was to folks that had been trained in, in classic civil law, like the British style of law, but mm-hmm. they were trying to apply the same kind of skills and reasoning to American disputes, mostly in the context of like reviewing big document productions for companies and cases. And it was basically a total disaster. I mean, it, it, you don't hear about it much anymore because it didn't, it didn't really work, right? So um, I'm not saying, you know, every lawyer is worth every cent that you ever pay them, although I do think a lot of lawyers are worth, you know, the, the, the cost that they charge and they do provide a very unique service and a valuable service. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say, uh, I, I, you know, I'd be a little doubtful whether or not we'll ever be replaced by machines, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, and, 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 and the reason why I kind of understand and feel the same way is, you know, investing in financial planning is, is similar. I don't, I don't know if we're, yeah. um, you know, as, as uh, uh, smart as attorneys, right? But, but uh, the goal was, have you ever heard about like the IBM, um, what's the IBM AI name? Uh, Watson. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What's it called? Watson, I think. Watson. Yeah, Watson. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Watson. And I think it was Watson. I might just screw this up, but let's just call it, let's let's say it was Watson. But Watson played the the top chess player of uh-huh. all time and just started beating, you know, just beating them down, right? Sure. And, and so then what happened was they gave um, the best chess player a computer so they can compute as fast as Watson. And then the best chess player started killing Watson, right? Because it could, yeah, it could, it got, you know, it, it had data on when to make a move, but it also knew when to not follow the system because of intuition and experience. And then they, yeah. and that's how I feel about law and, and, and what we do. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I embrace computers and, and what I do, but like, like, like law, I don't think a machine alone can, can ever beat a man and machine, right? Maybe there'll be a point where it can beat man, but then I get my machine and then we'll kill, we'll beat the machine. <laughs> yeah. I, I... <laughs> I think that's good stuff. Well, did you want to start back up again and then, and then, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm actually going to include that part in there. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, but so going back to, um, Dela, right. Um, what are some of the things that y'all, you know, um, some of the signature events for like the organization here in Dallas? 
Uh, that's a great question. So we, we have probably between six and eight of these signature events every year. Uh, probably our, our, our banner event every year now is something called the Bolton Ball. Um, it's named after a friend of mine who passed away but uh, a couple of years ago in an accident. But um, uh, it, it's basically our fundraiser. It's a black tie fundraiser every October or November for, our D, for the DAYL Foundation. And the foundation is our charitable arm of our organization. It's, a, it's our 501c3 that um, gives out grants and scholarships every year. The grants go to area nonprofits that are doing legal work, you know, usually in the area of uh, domestic violence or children or immigrant uh, issues or things like that. Um, and then the scholarships go to one student from each of the three area law schools every year. I mean, they don't, they're not full tuition scholarships, but uh, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a nice chunk of change for the, for those students. And, uh, and so our, our big fundraiser for that though, is the uh, Bolton ball every fall, basically. Um, aside from that, we do a, a 5k every September called the freedom run, which started right after nine 11 it's a fundraiser for the Assist the Officer Foundation. It happens over on the uh, uh, Ron Kirk Pedestrian Bridge uh, just outside of downtown. And that, that's just a fantastic event. There's all sorts of law enforcement and first responders out there, uh, uh, you know, manning all these different booths and participating in the run. It's just, it's a wonderful event. Um, aside from that, we have a dinner with the uh, judiciary every September, usually, which is a big uh, CLE presentation, but it's also a social hour and it's a dinner with uh, members of our judiciary here in Dallas from the criminal courts, the civil courts, the probate courts, the federal courts, you know, all the different court systems that we have here in Dallas send different judges to come participate in this. And that, that's another wonderful event. And then Every summer in July, our, one of our committees, uh, our Lawyers Promoting Diversity Committee, uh, hosts a dinner and dialogue event, which is a really special event. That's a, basically tough conversations about uh, tough, tough diversity issues in the workplace, essentially. And it's, it, it is what it sounds like. It's a dinner and a dialogue with all sorts of prompted small group discussions and then bigger group discussions about uh, all sorts of issues. So like in the past, we've done that on implicit bias, you know, and it's been an evening basically discussing implicit bias for folks, right? Uh, and how to address and remediate that in the workplace and in your personal life, basically, you know? So um, that, that's, a, that's another great event. But yeah, we've got, you know, a number of different, you know, uh, uh, socials every month and a number of other fundraisers and causes that we support. But yeah, th those are just a few of them, at least. Okay, yeah, no, that's good. So. Um... Are we, are we going to be able to break on the podcast the, the first office you're going to run for? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. So I got to get somebody to vote for me, you know. But, uh, <laughs> I at least got I, I got I got the lawyers to vote for me uh, four or five years ago. So that was that was a good start. But no, nah, yeah, man, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. No, no, it's, yeah, it's great. It's great. You, you, you're such a socially active brother, man. I you know I, I was like, man, Charlie would really be like great for like. Mayor of Dallas, something like that. Uh, well, man, there's a whole lot of people going out for that right now, you know. So I don't know if I want to get in that, you know. Yeah, not 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 right now, man, because they're like busting heads in Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll go back to like when you were 19 in college and be like, "Hey, man, we got pictures of you." you know? Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Um, well, exactly. no. Um, well, man, I I appreciate your time and your insights on on law and. 
the DAYL and, and, and your journey. I, I really do uh, appreciate it, man. Cause I know it's late. You're busy. You do a lot. Um, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you, Philip. The invitation was uh, very appreciated, very humbling. So thank you for having me, man. Yeah. Well, well enjoy. Or is, is it about to, your weekend about to start? Are you going? You know, to- not quite. I got, I got a full day tomorrow, but uh, tomorrow at about five o'clock, I think there will be a, a drink in my hand and it'll start then, you know? Well, so. well, well, enjoy it. Thanks, brother. You do the same, all right?